Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you on this blustery, blustery February 27th, 2020. Not yet March, but certainly on its way in like a lion, and uh, hoping you're enjoying this beautiful day the Lord has blessed us with. I'm thanking you, my friends, for allowing me to be a part of your day during the next hour, and thanking you for taking some time out of the busyness of your day to share this hour with me and all of our domestic church media family tuned in uh, all over the place uh, on our radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Also, of course, on all of our streaming audio devices, our homepage, our mobile app, uh, the Amazon and Google Home speaker devices. Just say play domestic church media and we'll stream live there. Also coming to you live video uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also coming to you live video now on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So all these ways we have to get the Word of God out there, and I'm happy you're here today. Of course, Thursday already, Catechism Day. And uh, today I thought we would go to the section of the Catechism as soon as I find it here in front of me. Um, <clears throat> there it is. Uh, the mysteries of Jesus' life. You know, there's a section in the Catechism that talks about the mystery of the life of Christ, and it talks about the mysteries of his, his infancy and, and his hidden days, the years, you know, that we don't have a lot about in sacred scripture. But we're going to start today on this section of the Catechism that talks about the mysteries of Jesus' public life. And, you know, this beautiful season of Lent that we're now in, and uh, so many of our readings take us through these, these mysteries of our Lord's public life leading up to the Paschal mystery. And uh, so we'll do that. And also, I, I, I promised you yesterday I would share with you a recent survey uh, that was done by um, EWTN and Real Clear Opinion Research regarding what Catholics or those who call themselves Catholic, what they believe. And it's pretty disturbing, so we'll, we'll do a little bit of that first. Uh, before we do that, even though, we're going to pray. So as always, my brothers and sisters, I invite you now to join me and all of our domestic church media in prayer, wherever you are, however you're listening, however you're watching, uh, praying for so many things now as we enter into this uh, beautiful Lenten season. Um, to pray, let's pray for each one of us that we make it a true, a truly holy Lent, that when we reach that glory of Easter that we'll celebrate six weeks from now, that we will be a holier person. We will be a better person because of this uh, journey of this beautiful Lenten season that we go through, uh, through prayer, fasting, almsgiving, 
special spiritual exercises. I was sitting this morning in the chapel after my morning prayer, and I have this book that I bought a couple of years ago on the writings of the Desert Fathers. And in one of those writings this morning, it said, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to have to paraphrase it, that in days to come, men will go mad and they will accuse others of being mad because they're not like them. And I thought of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, I wish I had the exact quote in front of me, but I think about today's world, you know, all the, the, the evil that's out there, all of the, the uh, sin that people are allowing themselves to enter into. And even as we'll see from the survey done by the uh, clear, a real clear opinion research and EWTN survey, uh, even among our brother and sister Catholics that have allowed themselves to fall into this, this um, uh, nominal way of living their faith. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let, let's pray first. Um, we're going to pray uh, again the prayer for uh, Lent today. And, uh, uh, but starting next week, because uh, you know Sunday's the first day of March, I'd like to, throughout the month of March, pray a special novena prayer to St. Joseph. Uh, as I've shared with you, uh, our annual spring radiothon will be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And I'd like to place the radiothon under the patronage of Good St. Joseph. We usually do this because he's always come through for us. He's a very special patron of ours. But beginning next week, during our prayer time, we'll pray a, a very special novena to St. Joseph. And I'll invite you to bring all of your intentions there as well. But today we will pray our, our, Lent, our Lenten prayer. <clears throat> and uh, again, all these special intentions, my friends, we're still praying for our young friend Maria in a very special way, um, praying for her healing of the uh, tumor on her brain stem, and um, just keep that in prayer over the next few days, if you would. Uh, also praying for our Radiothon. You know, when I say that, not out of greed, but out of necessity, uh, it is only by this Radiothon each year that we are able to be here, basically. Uh, we raise usually, and I'm hoping we do more this year, but the past few years, we've raised between 40 and 42% of what we need for the entire year for the Radiothon. I'd like to make that even more, um, just to put us at a, a better into a better comfort zone. And so we're going to pray uh, for that, for success, and, and for all of your intentions, my brothers and sisters, whatever they are, but especially during this beautiful Lenten season. Uh, that we encounter Christ in a special way, maybe like we've never encountered him before in our, our entire life, uh, to, to draw closer to him, to have that beautiful face-to-face meeting with him uh, spiritually like we've never had before. Uh, you know, this afternoon we had, um, you know, Father Jason and, and Coach McKenna come in every now and then to record their program, Just Be You, which airs Tuesdays at uh, 3.30 in the afternoon and again Saturdays at 9 they do pre-record that, and Father Jason is so gracious when he comes here uh, to celebrate Holy Mass for me here in the in the chapel. And uh, today we had Mass, and and I always meditate on the fact of what we were when we began and where God has led us. And even Father Jason said after Mass, he said, "I love this chapel, and I, I it is it's a, it's a very special place." Uh, and so we thank God for that. But we just want to keep this apostolate fiscally sound and healthy so that we can bring the Word of God out to as many people as possible. And so we make that part of our prayer intention today. 
So let's begin, my brothers and sisters, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merciful God, you called us forth from the dust of the earth. You claimed us for Christ in the waters of baptism. Look upon us as we enter these 40 days, bearing the mark of ashes, and bless our journey through the desert of Lent in the font of rebirth. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms a making of peace, our prayers the chant of humble and grateful hearts. All that we do and pray is in the name of Jesus, for in his cross you proclaim your love forever and ever. Amen. And as Holy Father asked us to pray, my friends, the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, and also this beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer, uh, praying for protection of the Church against the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying. Can't believe it's Thursday already. I, 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 I tell you, I don't know. I, I, it seems I woke up. Uh, we were just getting back from our time away, and here we are already finishing a week together. Although tomorrow, I will say this, tomorrow Cheryl and I will be live from St. Mary's in Middletown um, as we prepare for the uh, Catholic Men for Jesus Christ conference that will take place on Saturday. And so we'll be uh, live over there at the um, church setting up, but uh, we'll do the Friday live program uh, from there. And uh, milling around, of course, will be many of those who will be participating in the conference, so we'll hope to have them join us to say hello. Uh, Looking forward to that. And then Saturday, of course, is the conference. Um, We're hoping to be able to broadcast the Mass with Bishop O'Connell. Uh, live on Saturday. We'll see how that works out. I have to just double-check times. You know, we do broadcast the Mass here at noon, and I may have to make an adjustment. We'll see. But anyway, tomorrow, Cheryl and I will be live tomorrow from uh, St. Mary's over in Middletown uh, and uh, broadcasting there as we get ready for the men's conference on Saturday. Now, Monday is first Monday already, March the 2nd, and uh, as he does every first and third Monday, our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be throwing open the prayer tent and inviting you to call in and uh, participate by praying with Bruce or having him pray for you and your intentions uh, live at 3 o'clock on Monday. That's this coming Monday, March 2nd. And uh, so I encourage you, my friends, to please send us your prayer requests. Uh, You can do that by emailing Pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. Very simple, just email address, pray at domesticchurchmedia.org, and send us your prayer request that way. 
you can also fill out our prayer form on our website. Um, also, if you want to text your prayer request to 609-493-8255, that's 609-493-8255. We'll get them. But live uh, at 3 o'clock, Bruce will be here and will encourage you to do just that, to text, email, but especially to call in and pray with Bruce over the air. Uh, we look forward to that uh, time. Uh, and I know Bruce does too, and he really enjoys the one-on-one uh, conversation with you when you do call in. So that's this coming Monday, March 2nd, 3 o'clock, live here on these domestic church media stations and all of our media platforms uh, over which we bring you these broadcasts. So that's happening already first Monday in March. I don't know uh, where the time has gone, but you know what? A spring is only three weeks away. Isn't that great? Cold and blustery today. No signs of snow or ice. Fine by me. I don't mind the cold. Uh, it's the uh, the snow and ice that kind of uh, put me in a, in a, in a foul mood. <laughs> Thanks be to God there's no snow and ice. And from what I see, and I, I was watching the news this morning, and the weather forecaster said even long range, it doesn't look like there's much of anything coming our way in the way of frozen precipitation. So that's nice because spring will be here. Spring training has begun. The ball players are out on the field. And, uh, well, you know, that's, and then, of course, as we go through this beautiful season of Lent, we know that in the second week of April we'll celebrate the glory of Easter, God willing. Um, but I will ask you, my friends, to please spread the word about the Radiothon coming up April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, first uh, week in April, first three days in April. And as we've done over the past number of years, we're not going to preempt every single program for three days in a row. You know, we, we kind of weave in and out of those programs. The regular program is heard. But Bruce and I, come on, Cheryl's going to join us. Uh, and we in, invite you in a special way during those three days to support this work because it cannot be done without you. And uh, as I've said, the Radiothon is our major fundraiser. I only want one Radiothon a year. Um, I've been encouraged at times to have more than one, and I, I've, 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 I've just not felt that in my heart that we, we should do that. I feel that we can do one a year. And as I said, it does raise about 40 to 42% of what we need for the entire year. But my goodness, how I wish we could at least get that up to 50% and even more. And we'll put that in God's hands and your hands because you are our family of listeners who support us. So pray about that. And encourage, you know, I, I want to thank already uh, a number of parishes who, because I did send a letter out to all the pastors, and a number of the parishes have already responded by sending in a donation toward the Radiothon. Uh, fathers, if you've gotten your letters, please prayerfully consider helping us in some way. You know, this, this apostolate really is a connector for your people between Sundays. Uh, most people can't get to daily Mass, and... Uh, Without this Catholic radio station, there may not be much of an opportunity for them to stay connected to their faith other than taking their own initiative and their own spiritual reading and things. But here's a great way. They get in the car to pick up the kids or go shopping or drive back and forth to work and put on domestic church media, and they can stay connected to the faith. We need to build up the faith. And so uh, fathers and uh, bishops, even if I have bishops listening, and I know sometimes I do have bishops listening, I, I'm going to throw it out to the diocese that we serve. We serve the Trenton Diocese. We serve the Camden Diocese. We serve the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. We serve even parts of the Diocese of Metuchen. Won't you, diocese, prayerfully consider supporting us in some way? We're here to serve the church. 
We need to serve the church, but we need you to help us. So whether you're a parish, a Knights of Columbus Council, a school, uh, a, a diocese, uh, an organization, whatever, help us, support us. The Radiothon is April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And um, last year was our best one yet. I think we raised about $165,000 last year, I believe. Uh, I'd like to hit the $200,000 mark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place that in my prayer. And as I said, starting on, on uh, Tuesday when I come back uh, next week, we're going to begin to invoke the powerful intercession of St. Joseph and place the needs of the Radiothon under his patronage. So we'll do that. Just keep praying for that. Let's, now, let's, before we go further, I, I do want to share with you some of this survey that was done uh, recently by the um, Real Clear Opinion Research uh, Organization and EWTN. What do Catholics believe about the church, the devil, and faith? I don't know if you saw this. Um, this is from the Catholic News Agency. A poll. This poll was just released on Monday providing new insight into the religious practices, beliefs, and other demographic trends of the United States uh, of U.S. Catholics. Only a small majority of Catholics in the U.S., 56%, 56% say they accept all or most of what the Church teaches, according to this poll. Only 56%. Only 18% say they accept all the church's teachings and try to live them out. Well, there's your 18% that goes to Mass on Sundays. Isn't that interesting? That number pretty much corresponds with the percentage of Catholics who go to Mass on a weekly basis. 18% say they accept all the church's teachings and try to live them out. Uh, Another 38% say they generally accept most of the church's teachings and try to put them in practice. And a slight majority of 51% of the Catholics surveyed believe that religion is very important in their own lives, while another 35% deem it to be somewhat important. So we look at our current culture, we look at our current society, and we wonder why things are the way they are. Here's a, a group of Catholics being surveyed, and only 51% believe that religion is very important in their lives, and 35% say it's somewhat important in their lives. And again, this was being a a, a poll released Monday by the Real Clear uh, organization in partnership with EWTN News, surveyed more than 1,500 Catholics in the U.S., from January 28th through February 4th, the poll gathered information on the religious beliefs of Catholics, their p- political party affiliations, and their frequency of prayer and mass attendance. While more than 7 in 10 Catholics, 72%, believe that certain actions are intrinsically evil, a majority do not think that abortion, euthanasia, and physician-assisted suicide are intrinsically evil acts. Can you believe that? A majority of these do not think that abortion, 
euthanasia, and physician-assisted suicide are intrinsically evil acts. 81% of these Catholics believe in the existence of hell. 78% believe that Satan exists. I don't get the correlation between what they say they believe and here's the majority. 81% believe in hell. And 78% believe that Satan exists. And then it says, a substantial majority of Catholics also do not attend Mass on a weekly basis. We know, my brothers and sisters, that attending Sunday Mass or the Saturday night vigil is an obligation and if you do not attend Mass intentionally with no good reason for missing it, you're in the pain of mortal sin. The Church teaches that. Yet, a substantial majority of those who were surveyed don't attend Mass on a weekly basis. 35% attend Mass at least once a week. Less than 1% attend Mass daily. 5% uh, more than go once a week, and 29% once a week. So 35% attend Mass at least once a week, and less than 1% attend Mass daily. 5% more go to uh, more than go to once a week, and 29% once a week. 14% say they attend once or twice a month, and 25% say they go a few times a year. 3% go once a year. Another 15% say they attend Mass less than once a year, and 8% say they never attend Mass. Uh, there were divides on religious practice and political beliefs, um, clearly visible between Catholics who say they accept everything the Church teaches and those who say they only accept most or some of what the Church teaches or who do not think religion to be very important in their lives. 18% of U.S. Catholics say they accept the church's teachings, and that is reflected in how they live their lives. Within that group, okay, so those individuals, that 18%, who say they accept all of the church's teachings and that it is reflected in how they live their lives, they were far more likely than other Catholics to attend Mass uh, weekly or more and nearly one in three, 31% of those Catholics pray the rosary daily, and 71% pray daily. More Catholics who say they accept all the Church's doctrine received an undergraduate degree from a religious university or college than a secular one. And some Catholics are far more likely than Catholics overall, 63 to 36%, to be aware of the Church's teachings on the death penalty and Pope Francis's declaration that it is inadmissible. Even so, 61% of Catholics who say they accept all the Church's teachings support the death penalty compared to 51% of all Catholics. As far as religious freedom issues go, Catholics who were surveyed uh, who said they accept all of the Church's teachings are more likely than Catholics overall to support the rights of religious business owners not to serve a same-sex wedding. Uh, they also are more likely to support the freedom of adoption agencies not to match children with same-sex couples. And demographically, the vast majority of Catholics surveyed 
uh, hailed from either 33 uh, from urban uh, 33% or suburban 50% communities with just 7% from small towns and 10% from rural America. It says just over half, 51% are married, 21 26% uh, have never been married. One in 10 Catholics report saying they are living with a partner. 9% are divorced and 4% are separated. Um, Catholic News Agency is where these results are. You can check it out by going to catholicnewsagency.com. But again, you know, we've seen surveys over the past couple, oh, past year or so, I, so where the results have been uh, somewhat disturbing. Because people who consider themselves to be Catholic, who basically are living what you know we call a cafeteria Catholicism, I'm only going to believe what I think is right, what I think I should believe. I'm only going to believe or practice what uh, I feel uh, works for me. There, you know, it's not easy living our Catholic faith if we are being pulled by the world. It's very easy. You know, as I said, I was reading earlier this morning uh, the writings of the Desert Fathers from uh, probably 300 A.D. <laughs> these, these fathers were living out in, just as that, living out in the desert, living a very simple life away from the world. So we live in a world, you know, and it was that, and I didn't, I didn't find the exact quote, but I've heard it quoted by a few uh, good people, uh, good teachers, that it was St. Anthony of the Desert, Desert Father, who was asked, and again, we're talking 300 A.D., um, about their, their fighting the devil uh, through you know, strict fasting and, and, and penance and things. And he was concerned about the future believers you know, and we, you know, and, and how would we be able to fight the devil? And he said, uh, St. Anthony said, again, this is about the year 300 A.D., they're fighting the devil chained, but those to come, like you and me, we're fighting the devil unchained. The whole attitude toward sin and hell and Satan today is a lot different than it was even 60, 70 years, just 60, 70 years ago. And our church, which has never wavered in her teachings, and she's never wavered in uh, her doctrine or dogma, we're up against this worldliness that is, has swooped down and grasped so many of our people, especially our young people, who have been lulled into a false sense of uh, security in their acceptance of immorality and other uh, activities and behaviors and ideologies that even are physically dangerous, but more so spiritually dangerous because of the eternal consequences that they don't see. Now, we know we have an all-loving, all-merciful God, and we know that the conditions of mortal sin are required in order for an act to be a grave offense against the law of God. That the, the act itself has to be 
of, of grave uh, consequence, of grave, grave offense. The individual has to know it is, and the individual has to willfully and willingly do it. But sadly today, uh, so many of our, especially our young people, don't even know that missing mass on Sunday is a mortal sin because they were raised by not having to go themselves or they didn't see their parents go. Um, you know, so the, the whole, the whole uh, awareness of sin and activity of the devil in the world today has been so skewed and, and, and uh, confused so many people who they, they've been lulled into a false sense, as I said, a false sense of security. So this survey is disheartening, although not surprising. How many people do you know, do I know, that, that just stopped going to Mass? They just, well, I, God knows in my heart that I'm a good person, blah, blah, blah. Which is, yes, I'm sure he does, and he loves you more than you'll ever even imagine. But he also asks of us, through the teachings of his son and his uh, church, that there are certain things we need to do in this life in order to get home. And that this isn't just a, a so-called free ride. That there is accountability and there will be accountability for what we have done and what we have failed to do. And so when I read a survey like this and I think, okay, so, you know, we're here now in our 17th year of broadcasting at Domestic Church Media on these radio stations. I've been doing this for 25 years, and we never know who we're reaching. We never know how many people we're reaching. We never know whose lives are being touched. We do find out, get a little, get a little hint of that, though. i got to tell you, during the Radiothon, because we hear from so many people from whom we never hear throughout the year, and it's wonderful because they tell us their stories. They tell, I hear it from, you know, of course, Bruce and I and Cheryl, we're, we're, on, we're on the air for those uh, three days. But I hear from all of our wonderful volunteers who come to take the phone calls about all the stories they hear from people who call in about how much this radio station means to them. So we got to keep moving forward to help break this uh, tide here and, and, and bring people back, bring them the truth, help them to encounter Jesus Christ. I'll take a break, my friends. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and talk about the mysteries of Jesus' life. Stay where you are. There's more to come on Come to Me. Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. You are called to holiness. A day of recollection and conference will be held on Saturday, April 4th from 9 a.m. to 6.15 p.m. at the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul in Philadelphia. The outstanding speakers will be Cardinal Raymond Burke, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and Father Dennis Gill. 
There will be opportunity for confession, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, praying of the Holy Rosary, procession and crowning of the National Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and a beautiful Palm Sunday Vigil Mass with the Cathedral Choir. Priests are welcome to concelebrate and are asked to bring their albs. Registration is required, and the cost of the day is $65 per person, $20 for students, and no charge for priests, religious, and seminarians. Lunch will be served and refreshments available throughout the day. Tables are available for vendors. To obtain more information and register, please go to the conference website, stjohnneumannchapter.org. That's S-T-John-N-E-U-M-A-N-N-Chapter.org. Or call 215-247-2585. That's 215-247-2585. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character-making, of soul-making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it. The power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey. For example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health or to disobey them. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that, because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. Jenkintown to Jackson. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment, uh, where our catechism teaches about the mystery of Jesus, and today we'll talk about the mysteries of Jesus' public life. You know, the mysteries of his nativity, actually of his, of his incarnation, of his nativity, the hidden years, uh, the Paschal mystery, but today we'll talk about the mysteries of his public life. You know, our Lenten season, through our Mass readings, most of them uh, take us through those uh, times, those years. And so we'll see what the Catechism says about that. Before we do that, though, my friends, as I said, yesterday or tomorrow, Friday already, 
uh, Friday Live, 4 o'clock. Cheryl and I will be back. Sorry about the past couple of weeks. We had repeats on. But we'll be live tomorrow, God willing. And we're coming to you live, actually, tomorrow, remote broadcast from uh, St. Mary's over in Middletown in preparation for the men's conference on Saturday. Uh, we'll have a table there Saturday. Cheryl and I will be there and uh, other friends. So do, if you guys, if you're uh, going to the conference, and I hope you are, you stop over and say hello. We'd love to say hello to you. Uh, but we'll be broadcasting live tomorrow from the men's conference, and I believe we'll have Bill and George join us, uh, Bill Maher, George Rose, and other guests uh, there as well. But we'll have music, and we won't be doing Saint of the Day because we'll be doing a remote uh, broadcast. We'll have access to the phones, but uh, do tune in 4 o'clock tomorrow, and I'm sure I would love to uh, uh, share with you uh, uh, the time as well. So. And, you know, we're going down to EWTN, Cheryl and I, uh, not this weekend, next week, the week after next. We're going down to EWTN. We have been invited to be guests on At Home with Jim and Joy. And so we're looking forward to that and seeing all of our friends down at the network. And uh, actually, Johnette asked us if we wanted to be on her program, too. So we're lining up all of those at times. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, do pray for us in our travels. Uh, I don't think we'll miss any time here because it's a Sunday and Monday. So it, it won't, uh, won't take any time away from the airtime anyway. Uh, but again, the men's conference, guys, I hope you will come. It's this Saturday. And uh, you can register online by going to Catholic menforjesuschrist.org catholicmenforjesuschrist.org and you can register online I think you save five bucks if you do it that way of course uh, the speakers uh, uh, former New York Yankee first baseman Mark Mark Teixeira will be a featured speaker and uh, also um, Dr. Italy Marcelino D'Ambrosio will be there and uh, Stephen Auth Auth A-U-T-H will be there, and uh, he's the missionary of Wall Street. Uh, so a great day lined up, and uh, as I said, we'll be there with a little table. Hopefully you come over and say hello. That's this Saturday already, February 29th. Ooh, and then Monday, uh, sorry, Sunday is March 1st already. Before you know it, we'll be down the shore, right? <laughs> the great thing about, you know, it's one thing about living here in Jersey. You know, you get all the seasons, although we haven't had much of a winter, but you get all the seasons and you know there's always something going to change and turn into the next season. And, of course, most people here in this part of the country love the spring and uh, love the summer because we have the Jersey Shore and uh, those uh, types of spots we can go down and uh, recreate in. Look forward to that. All right, but let's get to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And uh, as I said, this particular section in the Catechism, which is... Um, trying to see the exact, the mysteries of Christ's life, beginning with paragraph 512. I'm going to bypass that because it talks about the mysteries of uh, his whole life being a mystery, but then gets into the uh, infancy and his hidden life and those years that are not really uh, written about in sacred scripture except for the time when he was 12 and was uh, found in the temple. Uh, but his public life, and it begins with his baptism. We've done this before. So I'll bypass those first two paragraphs and go on to um, the next section under our Lord's public life. And it begins, interestingly enough, paragraph 538, with the temptations of Jesus. 
And these are readings we're going to hear during Lent. You know, it's one of the Sunday readings that we hear during this uh, season. But uh, paragraph 538 in the Catechism says, The Gospels speak of a time of solitude for Jesus in the desert immediately after his baptism by John. Driven by the Spirit into the desert, Jesus remains there for 40 days without eating. He lives among wild beasts, and angels minister to him. At the end of this time, Satan tempts him three times, seeking to compromise his filial attitude toward God. Jesus rebuffs these attacks, which recapitulate the temptations of Adam in paradise and of Israel in the desert, and the devil leaves him, and as Scripture says, until an opportune time. And this is how we are introduced to Jesus' public life following his baptism. First of all, our Lord takes time to be in solitude, and he goes out into the desert. Now, you know, we're very blessed uh, in that um, we had some time away, and we've done this the past couple of winters. We don't really take summer vacations. We take winter vacations, Cheryl and I. And we'd like to get away from the winter and go out west, where we started our life together. You know, we started our life together when we first got married. Uh, within just a few weeks of returning from our honeymoon, I was offered a, a, a position, a promotion with my company to uh, uh, to in Phoenix, Arizona. And we took, I took it, and we spent our first three years of married life together out there, had our first baby out there. And uh, it was good for us because it really forced us in the beginning of our life together to go out into solitude, two of us together, because we were away from all of our past life, our family, our friends. It was just the two of us starting our life together, kind of refocused everything for us. And uh, once our baby was born, we decided we need to get back to family, come back east, because we're really east coasters, and we did. But now we find ourselves being drawn out there in the winter for a week or so to just kind of uh, get away from the winter, and, and I, we love the desert. So our Lord, in his preparation for his, his public ministry, took time away in solitude in the desert, and Scripture tells us he was driven there by the Spirit, and he stayed there for 40 days without eating. Now, imagine that, not eating for 40 days. Uh, I don't know if I could do that. And he was living among the wild beasts. Um, you know, if you've ever been, I don't know what kind of wild beasts there are in the desert in the Holy Land, but I know the desert, the Sonoran Desert out in, in uh, the southwest is chock full of all kinds of things. You know, we had uh, we were we were in a, we were in a neighborhood, and and our son and daughter in law went out for a walk one evening about eight o'clock or so, and came back in, and they kind of looked a little panic on their faces. There were these abelinas, uh, these wild boars running the streets, neighborhood streets, not even like out in the desert itself. And at night, we'd hear a couple, we'd hear some coyotes howling and things. So there's you know there are beasts out there. But our Lord went out there among the beasts, and he was ministered to by the angels. And at the end of those 40 days, having not eaten, 
Satan tempts him three times. And remember one thing Satan did, he told him, to, you are the son of God, turn those rocks into, into, into bread, turn those stones into bread. And, you know, someone who's not eaten for 40 days could be very tempted to, 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 to do that, right? But he really tempted him seeking to compromise, as the catechism says, his filial attitude toward God. And, of course, our Lord, with every temptation, rebuffed Satan. And the, de- and, 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 and the devil eventually left him. But as Scripture says, until an opportune time. And isn't that what the devil always does in his temptations with us? He gets us at us our most, or tries to get us, at our most vulnerable times, our most vulnerable moments, our, when we're weakest. Paragraph 539 of the Catechism says, the evangelists indicate the salvific meaning of this mysterious event. Jesus is the new Adam who remained faithful just where the first Adam had given into temptation. Jesus fulfills Israel's vocation perfectly in contrast to those who had once provoked God during 40 years in the desert. Christ reveals himself as God's servant, totally obedient to the divine will. In this, Jesus is the devil's conqueror. He binds the strong man to take back his plunder. Jesus' victory over the tempter in the desert anticipates victory at his passion the supreme act of obedience of his filial love to the Father. Paragraph 540 said, Jesus' temptation reveals the way in which the Son of God is Messiah, contrary to the way Satan proposes to him and the way men wish to attribute to him. This is why Christ vanquished the tempter for us. For we have, I'm sorry, for we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sinning. And when we think about, you know, and we're going to hear this reading. I don't know if it's this Sunday or but we hear it during Lent. Probably is this Sunday. So when you hear this weekend's gospel, maybe as a prelude, read paragraphs 538 to 540 in the Catechism to prepare us for this. But it says... That, and you know, we have to remember Jesus is true God, but also true man. Jesus was like us in every single aspect of our humanity, except that he did not sin. So, when these temptations were presented to the Lord in his humanity, he would feel the same that any other human being would feel during these temptations. And the Catechism says, this is why Christ vanquished the tempter for us, for we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sinning. Now, today's the second day of, of Lent, in effect, right? We've given something up. We've given a few things up. We've made a determination to do things or not do things, whatever they, they may be. How tempted have we been to break that fast? How tempted have we been to, uh, 
to, oh, it's not going to hurt if I just do that once or I just have that one thing or I, already, right? Be strong. Be strong. Because the Catechism says, by the solemn 40 days of Lent, this is in paragraph 40, by the uh, solemn 40 days of Lent, the church unites herself each year with the mystery of Jesus in the desert. So think about that. Let me, let me see if I can find real quick, and I'm sure I can with the Domestic Church Media app, <laughs> to find out um, what this Sunday's reading is. I'm going to go to my Domestic Church Media app, which is free, by the way. You can download it for free. Um, and I'm going to go to the reading section here. Let's see if I can find that real quick. There we go. Let's see. I only have today's readings. I don't know if I'm have to. I should have prepared this ahead of time. But the <laughs> the uh, I can go to the next section. We'll try it that way. But don't forget, friends. You too can download the free Domestic Church Media app and get this information. So this coming Sunday is March 1st, and the gospel, yep, it's this Sunday's gospel. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. And we know the, we know the gospel. Jesus rebukes him. One does not live on bread alone. Then the devil shows him the holy city and um, said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, uh, you know, he asked him to worship the devil. And he says, It is written, uh, the, the, Jesus said that the angels will, uh, um, will bear you up, support you. So, you know, the, our Lord has an answer for every one of these temptations. But this is how we begin in our Sunday readings our Lenten season. And as the Catechism says, by these solemn 40 days of Lent, the church unites herself each year to the mystery of Jesus in the desert. So when you listen to this Sunday's gospel, just beginning our Lenten journey, it's a way for us now over the next 40 days to unite ourselves to the mystery of Jesus and what he experienced in the desert and the temptations of Satan. We have that opportunity every year. And so we look at this time as a time to be able to unite ourselves with Christ in a special way as he began his public ministry. Now, in paragraph 541, it says, Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of, of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand Repent and believe in the gospel. To carry out the will of the Father, Christ inaugurated the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now the Father's will is to raise up men to share in his own divine life. He does this by gathering men around his Son, Jesus Christ. The gathering is the church on earth, the seed, and the beginning of that kingdom. So here too, my friends, you know, we have this 
opportunity to heed the call of Christ when he said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. Repent. Uh, yesterday, I, I shared with you from, uh, from uh, Pope Francis about the importance of confession during this season. I believe that it's still on. I, I think it's the fourth Sunday or the fourth weekend in Lent where Pope Francis calls the entire universal church around the world to have a 24-hour hour period in each diocese, at least one church, that will provide confession and Eucharistic adoration to the people of God for a 24-hour period. And I know uh, dioceses do get creative. I know here in the Diocese of Trenton, I don't know the exact churches yet or who the parishes are, but they divide it up. You know, some churches have confessions these times, other churches have adoration these times. But the point is, the Holy Father is calling the entire universal church during that, I believe it's the fourth weekend in Lent, to, and he calls it 24 hours for the Lord. <laughs> and, you know, I, for some reason, a lot of people don't know this. I, it, it, it baffles me. People know all the other things, apparently, about um, many things, about what they say the Holy Father didn't do right or didn't say right or didn't respond to. But then when it comes to the Holy Father, the Vicar of Christ, calling people to Eucharistic adoration and confession, they don't seem to—really, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Why not? That's important. Because this is an opportunity for us, then, this, as, as the Catechism says, but, you know— that the, the, the gathering here, gathering men around the Son of Christ, the gathering is uh, on, on earth, the seed and the beginning of the kingdom. We're called to build up the kingdom here on earth, not tear it down, not hide it, not reject it, but to build it up. And again, this season allows us to do that. And in paragraph 542, the Catechism says, Christ stands at the heart of this gathering of men into the family of God by his word through signs that manifest the reign of God and by sending out his disciples. Jesus calls all people to come together around him, but above all in the great Paschal mystery, his death on the cross and his resurrection, he would accomplish the coming of his kingdom. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Into this union with Christ, all men are called. That's the proclamation of the kingdom. You know, I read the survey earlier as we started our time together today about uh, what Catholics are believing and not believing, what they're accepting and not accepting. First of all, if you're not accepting 100% of what the church teaches, ooh, are you really Catholic? You know, I mean, that's called protesting. Maybe you are more of a protestant than you are a Catholic if you're rejecting if, if, if certain church teachings and not following them, not believing them, not accepting them. But I think in, in many cases, on probably most cases, 
the rejection or non-acceptance of church teaching is because they don't really understand not only what it is, but why it is. And I'm hoping that what we can do here at the Apostolate in our broadcast, in whatever way we bring the teaching of the church to you, will help to define, better define, uh, for our listeners what the church teaches and why the church teaches what she teaches. The Ten Commandments are not there to make life difficult for us. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses and to all of us to make life easier for us, easier to get to heaven. This It's very simple. And when people do not accept certain teaching of the church, I don't have to go to Mass every week or I don't really believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, or uh, I don't have to confess my sins to a priest. God knows, and blah, 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 go through the whole list. Well, then you're not really Catholic. You're, 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 if you're rejecting certain church teachings, as I said, you're protesting in one way or another. You're more of a protestant. not easy, especially in a world where the world presents so many ideologies contrary to our values and our beliefs. But we need to accept what the church teaches and live it. All right, my time is up, but I uh, want to invite you again tomorrow. Join Cheryl and me tomorrow at uh, four o'clock. We're going to come to you live from St. Mary's over in Middletown as we prepare for or are invited to prepare for the uh, Catholic Men for Jesus Christ conference on Saturday. So join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock. I do hope you have a great rest of your day, my friend, and I thank you for taking some time to join me today. Have a blessed, happy, holy rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you.